Leviticus 15 podcast, where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Hey there, welcome back to the Focus 15 podcast. This Live is... from Studio 6B. Oh gosh. Live from our basement. And this is Katie Orr, and I'm here with my husband, Dr. Chris Orr. Hi there. And we are in season three, and this is episode number five. Today we are going to talk about or answer the question, do I need to know Greek or Hebrew to understand the Bible? Because I know you all are just asking this question and losing sleep over it at night. Maybe not asking the question, losing sleep over it, but something in the back of your mind is always like, man, maybe I should know this. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Let's dig in. Chris, I'm going to let you talk mostly about Greek and Hebrew, seeing as how I have never been through a Greek or Hebrew class. However, I will have some things to add from the, I don't know anything about Greek or Hebrew. The layman's The layman's perspective. perspective. So from the seminarian's perspective, having had a master's and in which you took a semester two, or two. Two of, semesters of Greek, two semesters of Hebrew. Okay. So tell us, do we need to know Greek or Hebrew to understand the Bible? I'll say no, but understanding the original languages is helpful. Mm-hmm. So, so no, you don't have to know it in order to, to understand the Bible. To understand, to study it well. But there are a lot of times when Greek and Hebrew very much comes in handy. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they make you study it. You know, if you uh, are training to be a pastor or if you're training to be a, uh, a scholar or, you know, religious mm-hmm. scholar, you, you need to have these original languages to, so that you can go right to the source and understand I will say that during my uh, my semesters of taking Greek and Hebrew, um, I noticed that my hair started to turn white. <laughs> Katie can vouch that that is true. Well, we also had three little ones under five was at the, the time. It, so. it was the Greek and Hebrew, I promise. <laughs> it could have been that. Because we still have those same kids, and my hair has gone back to its original color. And when I um, and when I when I stopped taking those classes, that's when the that's when the hair went back. So mm-hmm. I think it was the classes. It was the stress of taking those classes. But I will say this, that anytime you're talking about uh, learning a new skill, especially a, a Bible study skill, we always want to do it with humility. Because mm-hmm. even though I took those two semesters of each language, I still feel like I know relatively little about uh, about those languages, about how to use them. And if it's not, you know, if I don't keep those skills brushed up, keep brushing up on those skills, just like anything else, you lose them. Yeah. And so just because I've had the courses doesn't mean that I'm an expert. In fact, I'm barely, uh, I I feel like I know just enough to be dangerous. Um, And so I would encourage you, if you start studying Greek and Hebrew, especially if you start doing it on your own, is just do it with a spirit of humility Mm -hmm. because the people who translated your Bible, and that's one of the first things that you'll do when you start studying is like, why do they translate the Bible this way? If it also could have meant this, mm-hmm. and the the issue is that those people have been they're very fluent, like they do their devotions out of Greek <laughs> and Hebrew, um, and I'm just now coming to it as a novice, and so just just be, uh, just do it with a spirit of humility that you know I want to learn more, and it's a very these are very complex uh, issues, very complex languages, just like learning any language that you've never spoken before, never read before. It's it's very hard to grasp everything, and so don't feel like that because you have a little piece of it that 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 gives you the license to go and 
and be a jerk to people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that maybe have a, a little bit of a different perspective on a, on a particular verse or a particular word um, or who haven't had the, the training and opportunity that you have. And so humility, I would say, would be the first place to start. But assuming that all that's good mm-hmm. and you want to get into studying uh, Greek and Hebrew, here's what I would say is start out e- w- either one. Start out with word studies. Okay. So what do you mean by uh, so a word study, study would be you you're reading through your Bible and you see a word. Typically, mm-hmm. it's going to be a verb mm-hmm. that you want to study. Every now and then, you can study a noun uh, if it's a place name or a person, and you want to go back and look. Okay, where else is this mm-hmm. about? But usually, you don't want to study the verbs. These are where the action lies in our language. It's also the, where the action lies in Greek and Hebrew, and so. As you do that, these word studies, you're going to be able to to dive deeper into things like what we would call semantic range. So semantic range mm-hmm. is just a, a fancy way of saying all the different ways this word could be translated. So right now, it's semantics. That's right. So right now, I'm sitting in a chair, and there's a, there's many different ways that chair can be translated. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be the the seat that you're sitting in. It also mm-hmm. could be the person who is the chairperson of a committee, mm-hmm. you know? So there's, there's, there's lots of different ways that, that our words can be translated and the, and the totality of all those different meanings is called the semantic range. Mm-hmm. So anytime that we are reading an English translation or, or any other language translation of, of a Greek sentence, we are reading words that have been chosen from within mm-hmm. that semantic range. And so as you do your Greek and, and Hebrew word studies, you're going to see, as we got a fly flying around the Studio 6B at the moment. <laughs> um, so as you are, as you are uh, studying through the, uh, the word study, you're going to be looking up things like what other ways can this mm-hmm. word be translated. And sometimes that can be very helpful in your word study. Another part of doing a word study is figuring out how does the author use this word? How, mm-hmm. how, how, is this word used elsewhere in the book? And then beyond that, how is this word used elsewhere in Scripture? Um, so maybe John uses a word, and we want to see how Matthew uses it too to see what are the what are the connections. Mm-hmm. How, how, but but start out with those things. What what are the different possible meanings? How has this author used this word elsewhere in the book and elsewhere in the New Testament? If you're studying Greek or Old Testament, if you're studying Hebrew. How else do other authors use this word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now some of you may be feeling like, okay, so I don't have to know Greek or Hebrew, but I think most people are curious about it. Um, most people, will, you know, they find it interesting, especially when a pastor or a Bible teacher kind of brings it out. Um, so it is not necessary, but both of us feel it is helpful. And, and I have found it helpful in my own study, even though I have not gone, I'm not taking an ounce of Greek or Hebrew in seminary, uh, there are a bunch of free online tools out there. And the age in which we live in, I mean, this wasn't even true five years ago. I don't know exactly when all of these sites came about, but it's not been long that there are tons of resources online, apps on our phone that are absolutely free that really open up a world of Bible study that has never really been accessible to the common man, you know, mm-hmm. to the layman, those of us that have not been a seminary. So we do encourage you to try it out. And we do that in all our the Focus 15 studies. That is one of the day. That's the the uh, C day, the clarification day in which we are clarifying the original meaning. Um, I want to 
to to at least give you one tool. I think the one that's most easy to use is blueletterbible.org or the Blue Letter Bible app. So if you have it's on iPhone, Android, any any app you can um any smartphone you can get that app. It's completely free. I have some video tutorials on YouTube we'll put in the show notes that show you how to use those apps and how to use that website. And so really, once you learn to push the right combination of little buttons on your screen, it's it can be as easy as looking up a word in the dictionary. So we definitely encourage you all to try it out. And um, then the steps, the steps that we kind of try to help you think it's really simple and once you do these over and over again it becomes second nature but the first step there's three d's it's decide discover and define so your first step is to decide which word um you know i'm all about with bible study the whole really a big part of the focus 15 method is trying to get the most bang for my buck you know it's trying to say i don't have unlimited time to study the bible so what's going to give me the what's going to be the best use of my time right now and i think we should do that also with studying the original language. So which of these words is going to really help me understand the passage better? We may not always know that, but don't waste your time looking up the word the, okay? It's mm-hmm. going to mean the, or do they even have articles? Uh, sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah, so don't look up the, don't look up, you know, the real common words. I like to lurk up the verbs as well. I think verbs tend to give you a lot of insight. Yeah. Sometimes, though, you'll look up a noun. Like this past Sunday in our in my sermon, I brought out the idea that the uh, Greek name for the church is called ekklesia. Mm-hmm. So the construction of that word is actually – it's a compound word. So ek meaning out of, mm-hmm. and lesia is a, a, a part of a conjugated uh part of uh, the word to call. And mm-hmm. so literally the word church, ecclesia, means the called out ones. Well, that's helpful to know mm-hmm. because as the church, we are called to live. We, we have been called out of the world mm-hmm. to live uh, as believers. And so uh, sometimes the con- even the construction of a word, a noun, can be helpful to look at. But I would say 90%, at least 90% of your time spent Studying, doing a word study in the original, yeah. in one of these original languages probably should be spent looking up verbs. Yeah. So decide. That just means find one of these keywords, find one of the words you think are most important to the sentence and look it up. That's the second step is discover. And you're going to look it up in these tools. You don't even realize it's what you're doing because you're pushing a button. But what you're doing when you discover the word is you're going to go figure out what was the original Greek or Hebrew Hebrew word. And you may find that it's two words, like in that situation. Um, or you may find that that one word is connected with several other English words that were translated from one Greek word. So anyway, the, decide which word you're going to look up. Discover it. Just use the, the app. It's really, really easy. And then define. Then then once you've clicked all those buttons, and it'll tell you. It'll tell you, oh, well, this is how it was used, and this is what it means, and just write it down. Sometimes you look these up, and you're like, that's exactly what I thought it meant. And sometimes you look it up, and it's like, that is nothing like what I meant. So uh, decide, discover, define. Yep. So the the next step, so uh, doing a word study would, I think, be uh, step one in terms of looking it up. Uh, the discover, define, decide, discover, define. That would be like 101. 201, I think, puts an even better layer, uh, a, a more helpful layer on. So, 201, you mean, you know, once you've gotten used to pushing the right buttons and yeah. finding it and getting used to some of these 
yeah common words then uh, another thing you can add to that would be this this next step which will be um finding out the voice tense and mood so if you've ever studied a uh, a language like Spanish or mm-hmm. French and you had to conjugate the verbs, you know that in a lot of languages, a, one word can carry with it a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And so if I were to say the statement, he used to walk, that is one, four words, but in a, a language like Greek, that may only be one word because within the verb walk is added to it endings and different spellings. Mm-hmm. That would indicate things like voice, tense, and mood. So very quickly, um, tense, you know, we use that in in English. So things like past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Is this a past event? Is this a future event? Is this present? Is this currently going on? Well, in addition to those, uh, Greek is going to have things that are uh, things that have been completed, uh, things that are ongoing. Uh, so, so tense is very helpful in looking at the word. Another thing is the voice. So is this active, Mm -hmm. passive, or middle? Is this something that I actively am doing or is it something that is passively being done to me? Uh, And then the last is mood. Is this a a statement indicating truth? Is this a happy verb? No, No, just kidding. (laughs) Mood is is like, is this a command or an imperative Mm -hmm. or is this an indicative indicative statement? Like, is this indicating something that's true? Well, knowing the difference between the two of them is very is going to be very helpful because as you see something that's an imperative, you say, okay, clearly this is something where command. we are called to do this mm-hmm. as a command to do it. do it. So just two examples. So in Ephesians 2, 8, it says that for by grace you have been saved. And I think that's a great way to translate that verb, but the, but the phrase have been saved is all one Greek word. And so as you look at it, it's a perfect, it's perfect in its tense, meaning it's a, it's a completed Absolutely. action in the past. It's also a passive word. It's something that has been done to you or for you. Contrast that with John 3.16, where it says um, that uh, that anyone who believes uh, will be saved and won't perish. That mm-hmm. word believes is a present active, meaning that our belief has to be ongoing. It has to be true in the present tense, and it's active, meaning it's not passively done for me, but I have to continue Mm -hmm. to believe. I have to choose to believe. And so as you look at tense, voice, and mood, these are all things that are going to add to your understandings. Now, most of us would have already understood those things from these words, but there's lots of instances when you're reading through a passage when those things are not immediately present, Mm -hmm. but by looking them up, by doing the word study and digging a little further to find the the tense voice and mood, it adds so much to your understanding of how that word, how that that phrase, how that sentence is supposed to be translated and applied. Mm -hmm. And so these, I think, are some things that, that would be very basic tools for you to start with. But I hope that you don't feel any pressure like that if you don't understand Greek and Hebrew that you are, are are just a bad Christian, or if you've mm-hmm. tried to do this in the past and it hasn't worked out well for you, that you're dumb. These are mm-hmm. very complicated languages to learn, and uh, I feel like after a year of each that I still am, am like just getting in the elevator. I'm not yet off the ground floor. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, an, it's a lifelong process, but I think that if you do study uh, these original languages, it can bring a lot to your personal study. Yeah. All right. I even I have a uh, Greek worksheet or Greek Hebrew, basically a worksheet that helps you decide, discover and define. And you can get that at my website. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So 
Thank you all for listening. And that does it for episode five of season three. And we'll see you next week. In Studio 6B. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you've enjoyed these tips, share it with a friend. To learn more about Chris and Katie and the Focused 15 ministry, go to Focused15.com. Have a great week.